Guys, welcome to the podcast. Before we get started, as ever, remember that all the information you're about to hear is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any illnesses or diseases. Please make sure to consult your healthcare practitioner before implementing any of the things we may discuss in this podcast. Speaking of education, if you're an exercise professional, coach or anyone working within the realms of health and fitness, when you're done listening here, make sure to head on over and check out our education portal at www themusclementors.co.uk if you like us and truly care about the well-being of your clients about getting access to the best and most up-to-date information in the areas of exercise mechanics hypertrophy sleep improving your online coaching services and much much more then be sure to join up you'll gain access to endless hours of content focused around everything you need to become a true elite coach and get your clients in the best physical shape possible this is all in the form of video lectures weekly live education sessions and study groups you also get early access to our podcast and access to any exclusive Q&A segments we do with our guests. The content never stops on the portal. It's not a one-off course. It's an ever-evolving learning platform designed to give you the best information possible in this area. Head on over to our website and become part of our epic community, full to the brim of other professionals who, like yourself, are focused on providing the best health and physique-related results for their clients. Join us and them and gain the resources, support and accountability you need to become the elite of the health and fitness industry. For now, though, grab yourself a pen and paper and enjoy the show. How are you, everyone? Welcome back to the Muscle Mentors podcast after a week's break, even though, I mean, we've had, what, like year breaks before? So that's not too bad. <laughs> we'll take the one week. <laughs> and uh, we, are, we are joined by, um, well, myself, Luke, and then Jimbo and Paul. Um, What's up, everybody? And Paul, being fresh off uh, holiday, came up with a lovely topic for today's today's. I think if anyone is watching it, or if you're not watching this, go and watch this just to see the colour poor it Paul is compared to me and Luke. Yeah, I'm technically darker than Paul right now. I'm just you know, walking <laughs> just put on some really strong lights right in front of Luke's face. Hundred percent. Uh, but no, yeah, Paul's had a had a lovely time away. And, well, the uh, thing is that because these boys are bigger than me, I like to compensate by making myself Dale Winton-esque in, uh, in skin tone. I think that's the way to, to compensate the size is just tan. That's that's the solution I've gone with. Whether or not you agree with that approach to life, I don't care. I've gone with the tan life. In fact, you know, the tan life doesn't necessarily, it's not something you choose. I think the tan life chooses you. And um, this is where I'm at. So it definitely yeah. didn't choose me. <laughs> <laughs> the irony is... Uh... It's like Paul went to Abu Dhabi and still applied copious amounts of fake tan when he got back. Um, you say that. like So Laura in the run-up, my girlfriend, in the run-up to going, was was sunbedding and fake tanning. I'm like, you know we're going to get a tan when we're there? She's like, no, but I need a base tan before I get the tan. The sunbedding I get, not sun. That, that would be me. <laughs> I was like, you know, yeah, saying I need a base tan before I go on a holiday where I will be tanning is a bit like those people when before they hire a PT that are like, I need to get a bit, I need to get in better shape before I get a PT. I'm like, that's what you're hiring the that, PT for. That's not an analogy you can use. Yeah, it definitely. <laughs> is. So you're gonna take someone of my complexion who's gone from zero <laughs> sun all year to a forty degrees. <laughs> You're not built for the desert at the best of times, right? <laughs> Let's face facts. This is this is not the place Jimbo is supposed to be. Like but did, giant pale white guy. <laughs> what was her rationale behind? I get like the sunbed to like so you can get a base tan, a legitimate tan that then means you build on it with through, through actual exposure to the sun. But the fake tan, I'm not. She just doesn't like being pasty. I think is uh, she's like I'm, I'm too pale. Comes out a lot, even when she's not pale at all. I was going to say, so she didn't start applying even more, like... Just while we were out there. She was actually tanning while smearing in fake tan as well. It's weird. Um, Amazing. Amazing. It's like Ross and Friends. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Today we did one side of her just to really draw it in. So the back side of her, super dark. That's where, like, when Paul went to her back, he would write stuff on her back in sun cream. Does everyone else every single time... Want to like put a penis shape into the the tanning lotion, or is that just me? I believe I, I swear people have done that though. Oh, they definitely have. I've never done it, but every time I help put suntan lotion on, which isn't that frequent, although that sounded rather questionable, uh, <laughs> is every time it goes through my head to do it, and then I never do. So if you've done this, please do let us know or send pictures. I'd be curious to see these. DM me on Google. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, basically, what was it? You just asked for DMs of dick pics. I did think that as I was saying <laughs> it, and I was like, that's just gone poorly. Because let's face facts. Like, I don't know any females who randomly send nudes to strangers. It's always dudes, right? Yeah. So, like, if you're at, like, no hot chick has ever just randomly slid in my DMs being like, here's my nudes. But I have had dick pics before. So that's been... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mate, back in the acting days, I remember I was, I was doing a play and I was obviously naked in that play. And uh, this is pre-Instagram, so it's mainly Facebook. But I got a bunch of Facebook DMs from a bunch of gay dudes who were rather thirsty. So uh, they they varied in, in tone. Well, that, after just, just seeing you naked on stage, pretty much, yeah. I, in the DMs. I, I, I suppose that does kind of level the playing field straight out the gate. Like you've, I've seen yours. Here's mine. Now we can talk like men. <laughs> now we can be friends because that is the rule with guys. And maybe they weren't getting. Maybe they were just like, I liked your performance. I just want to chat to you, but I feel a bit weird that I've seen your dick. So here's mine. Yeah. Or I really liked your performance as a well done. Here's my erect penis. Like that's <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty normal way to say well done. That's how I say well done to all my friends. It's a good point, actually. The fact that there'll probably be erect penises. Yeah, that's, yeah, no one, <laughs> that's, that's a good know. point. That's I've a question. I've never received a dick pic. Um, that's a question for people. Have you ever been? Is it <laughs> is it better or worse to be sent a flaccid, unsolicited dick pic or an erect, unsolicited dick pic? I, I want to know here. Or both. <laughs> Or both. So, you know, like, here's the before. Before and after. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I feel like there's going to be a new trend starting, which this podcast is going to be sadly responsible for. Before and after, Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact this was this, this started as a holiday podcast. Yeah, we haven't even got to the, the topic of the podcast, was meant to be Paul had a lovely holiday. And as a result, we were going to talk about strategies for holidays, when it comes to staying on top of training, nutrition, and goals, and all this sort of stuff, yeah. But we started talking about dicks, which was really unsurprising at this point. If you've listened to any of these over the last seven months, you should really know what you're in for. I know, hundred percent. If this is your first time, then just grow up. And um... <laughs> <laughs> I was saying the wrong people to grow up here. Uh, <laughs> hey, if this is your first time, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm 33. I'm be making dick jokes till I die. <laughs> anyway, so no, so yeah, strategies for holidays in terms of staying on track, if that's even the goal. Um, yeah, and I think that's the first thing that jumps out at me is like, do you necessarily have to? It sort of depends on what we mean by staying on track uh, within stuff. Like on one level, unless you're in prep or something like that, in which case you might ask the question, why have you booked a holiday? Uh, <laughs> I, I went on holiday six weeks out from my first competition. Was it, was a, good just... was it a good time, Jimbo? <laughs> no, <laughs> super, I booked the holiday before planning to compete ah. and there wasn't many competition dates. And I was like, shit, I just have to go for it. <laughs> How <laughs> was it? <laughs> win the competition. That's what matters. I didn't, no, I didn't win. <sighs> no, not I was against Roger, Roger Snipes. He won. Yeah. <laughs> so, trying to stand next to him yeah, uh, ain't gonna happen. Evan James, and then, it's not a height game, is it? Yeah, you, you should. Yeah, otherwise, you definitely win that. You should outmass him, like surely they're just like outmass him. Have you not seen this? I know. Bulk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a big boy. I would uh, be three hundred pounds on stage if I was going to outmass him. Is that WBFF? Wait, yes. He, yeah, back in the day. Isn't he? Isn't he natty or claiming natty? Supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly. Yes. So one of the things I've de- I've definitely <laughs> build up a picture of totally natty Roger Snipes. Um, I think one of the things I've definitely done either for myself and clients in the past is put a holiday at the end of a prep as like a little nice thing at the end of it. You're like, sweet, I'm shredded now. This is a good time to have my shirt off. But I finished prep, so I can at least enjoy it a bit more. That's it's a good time in terms of yeah how we're looking, but that's a a questionable time depending on where the person's at mindset wise coming off the yes. back yeah yeah if it's your first time ever doing these ones that can be difficult <laughs> the first time you've ever competed photo shoot yeah. or anything like that and then you oh yeah i have a holiday straight afterwards probably wouldn't advise first time around after competing and definitely don't get an all-inclusive one if it's the first time around <laughs> yeah that's a good point that's a good point actually um what's the biggest what's the biggest rebounds we've had on holiday me oh I, I, I'm always rebounding, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
He's yet to bound, so yeah, he's still falling. <laughs> uh, I've never had a, a particularly bad one, in fairness, in, in, in my kind of thing. Like, I think the most I've ever put on was like four, five kilos. I think I was on a two-week holiday. Yeah, actually, I'm thinking... My, my Yeah, I wouldn't say minor rebounds because I don't tend to like... I, I can't remember the last time I went on a holiday and intentionally dieted beforehand. But when me and Cal went to New York, I decided to try and eat Manhattan. And, uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of food in Manhattan, if you're familiar like, with it. I was like three days, I think I gained like five kilos. Outstanding. Uh, you say that. I've had a client, had a client once who gained 10 kilos over a weekend. Like, I, I don't know what she did or how she committed to this. And it's not like the kind of 10 kilos where there was a bunch of salt and water that buggered off after a few days. It stayed. I was like, well, did you just literally eat the like from the moment you got there were you connected to a conveyor belt yeah. like you know when you're almost impressed by the level of weight i was like how have you done that i couldn't yeah. do what, that what body weight as well like you know she was what five seven ish and about 66 kilos before she went came back like 76 and then pretty much stayed there for another month i was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that, I, was that, I think the new york trip i think i i was like six kilos up and then two kilos came off so and I was like, oh, shit. But I was a banking. I was like, ah, four or five of these kilos are going to come off. And then it was like, no, there was two. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most you've, uh, you've hit, then, Jimbo? I've done 10 kilos. Um, but I'd say it's only really probably five. Because that was back in the day when I've over-dieted and not done any. I've been scared to carb load. Right. So I've gone away on the diet, right. super depleted. And it's the first time I played with some water manipulation as well so i went away dehydrated um it's got some amazing pictures dehydrated first day of holiday (laughs) (laughs) but i I remember uh it's all-inclusive i'd go down get a first breakfast and literally there happened to be a perfect gym literally directly opposite from where the hotel was go and train come back just before 10 quarter to 10 get a second breakfast (laughs) and then goes like a giant hobbit at this point (laughs) That's not, that's not, that's just good thinking though. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like that's uh, so, so. Did that holiday go like kind of got there dehydrated? You saw the buffet. Top comes off quick. Let's get some pictures in. Quick few bites. <laughs> yes. And then it's like, all right, buffet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally on that first day, straight away, like get some pictures. Get these. These are going straight out on Facebook. There's, there's no Instagram then. This was back in the Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I've not had a, a particularly bad one. I think, as I say, the most of this been is a, is a few kilos, really. Like this last week, two on two kilos as we kind of went through that. And sometimes as well with holidays, I think there's a bunch of considerations, really. It's one, how long's the holiday? Two, how many holidays do you have? Like if you have them every other month, you probably need to be a bit stricter than if this is the one you're having in the whole year. And there's not, and you don't have a fucked up relationship with some other stuff, then probably doesn't matter all that much unless you swan dive into a buffet like outside of that you'll probably be okay so uh, you've got to concept yeah uh, contextualize it i think a little bit first mm. and then we can you know i was in to, i'm just sound like i'm bragging with holidays at this point but i was in dubai a month ago and then abu dhabi last week right the oh, first yeah. one i was <laughs> i was away by myself and so i gained literally i think i came back i gained 0.2 of a kilo i was the same way nothing could change Right. I did a post on what I call classy eating. Oh. I tried. Like, yeah. So classy eating this idea. I was staying at a place called the Dukes in Dubai. It's called the Dukes after English gents like Dukes, the Duke of Wellington and so forth. There's a picture of that. And I think when I was there, I was like, classy people don't eat rapidly. Like if the queen was here with the Dukes, how would they eat? This is how this, mm. this idea started. And so all I did for every meal that I ate, this was an all inclusive week as well, by the way, was I, tr- I imagine I was some kind of James Bond, the Queen style figure and <laughs> tried to eat as though that was the idea I had in mind. So I sat upright by myself, you know, napkin across the lap, smallish bites. While chewing, I put the cutlery down and I wouldn't re-pick up the cutlery until I'd finished chewing and swallowed, which, by the way, taught me actually a couple of things. I was like, my urge to pick things up and be shoveling stuff back in immediately upon swallowing was strong i was like oh i didn't realize i ate quite so much like this truffle pig that is clearly inside of me wants to wants to be doing so eating like that and then just doing some basic stuff which for me i tend to keep breakfast and lunches a bit more 
standardy boring like protein and some fruit and veggies and that kind of stuff and then if i want a bit more indulgence i tend to keep it for the evening um and literally those two strategies my weight was exactly the same whereas this last week away with my girlfriend we picked some nicer places to go went to hackersan did a all you can eat all you can drink brunch brunch in the uae is is pretty big had one of the best steaks i've ever had in my life and so when i put it all together the two kilos that i gained i'm like it's probably fair it's about right i don't feel like i overdid it and it was worth it so you like what you're saying is Laura is a terrible influence. Yes. Oh, yeah. She's a massive feeder. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so I, I blame her strongly. Don't go away with Laura Baker. I think that's a rule for uh, holiday. <laughs> to be fair, though, I mean, I like the the classy eating. My tactic. I'd probably have. I'd probably have a similar approach if I'm ever on holiday and in a restaurant. So I manage to. I hope are fairly decent. I just keep going for a long time. So, <laughs> I was, was going to say similar I'm approach. I'm kidding, mate. I'm kidding. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would keep going, and, um, and <laughs> I would say I would. Uh, I would probably eat quicker. Let's be honest. But I still chew my food. It's just rapid chewing. I was, <laughs> I'm going to say I know you, you swear blind every time that you're chewing your food, but you're always the first one to finish whenever yeah. we go out. For food. I know. And it's also I love the food. portion I love as well. Food. I love food. Is that, I don't know. I got the time stay, to be fair. We'll have like a we'll you know family family meal at home and I'll sit down 10 minutes after everyone and I'll still finish point. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's pretty bad. I'm I mean I, my tendency is that way. Laura has said to me a few times, she's like, I've never met anyone eat as fast as you. And most of the time, that's not an issue for me because I know how to control a, a portion size and get it. So it sort of doesn't bother me that I eat it quite quickly. It's working, my weight's fine, we're all good. But when you are in certain places and you don't want to, I don't know, track it or try and track it or anything kind of like that, one of the ways to help you actually listen to your body a little bit more is to not eat at the speed of light, right? Like literally just slow down. We know it takes about 20 minutes or so for a bunch of those digestive cues to come and hit you and be like, oh, maybe, you've, maybe you're good now. And so if you eat literally by inhaling food that you put through a blender, I don't know about you guys, I can smash a load of food in 20 minutes before that signal kicks in and hits. So anything that you can do that, that starts to do that becomes quite useful. You could, you know, you can go and track. There's nothing stopping you tracking while away. You can still do those bits and pieces for some of those meals and try and estimate and guesstimate it if that's what you want to do at that particular time. Like, I think with any of these ones, they are, you get to try out some different strategies on a holiday and then you get to reflect and go, well, do I feel like they worked? Was I happy enough with that outcome? I think sometimes you can also ask yourself before you go away, what outcome would I be okay coming back to? Mm. Like a kilo, a couple of kilos, 10? Like, okay, for most people, 10 seems excessive. A couple seems maybe fine and who knows what. You, you get to define that for yourself and then go, I tried it. Did my strategies work? Yes or no? Cool. And then keep the ones that do, discard the ones that don't, be some kind of like Bruce Lee quote, and then you'll, you'll pretty much be away from that. Mm. Any more? Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of concern, isn't there? The 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 um, there's like the the approach or the the line that some people use, which would be like eat like an adult. But the, the problem I have with that is most adults don't know how to eat. <laughs> Technically, Luke's an adult. We should you should watch me. <laughs> I think. I mean, Jason's, you know got, that. Jason's got more control over his appetite than bloody most adults. I see. It was yeah, they're, they're we like to give Luke shit, but it's not like Luke's looking some kind of obese truck over here. <laughs> um, but it's the thing: most kids are actually more tuned in with their what they enjoy and and all these sorts of things than adults, and knowing when to stop. Maybe, um, hopefully, um, I say that. Hopefully, adults are as well. But the, tough, um, like on one level, yeah, on one level, like the intuitive stuff, it's like, well, it's still affected by your upbringing and a whole bunch yeah. of other things. Like if I grew up in India, what I would intuitively reach for would be much more like Indian cuisine. That would be, oh, I go for that. That's, you know, growing up in Britain, I have a slightly different kind of lean as my normal go-to, a cereal in the morning or it's whatever it happens to kind of be. So even what you feel intuitively is still influenced by what you're exposed to as, as, as kids and what have you. Anyway, yeah. No, it's a bit like having guidelines. So if someone's like, I mean, there's two things. One here would be like the proximity of a holiday. So if you are on a diet or something like that, um, I actually had the two conversations where these two points came up this week with two separate clients. Um, and, and one of them was like, oh, I want to do a photo shoot and I'm going away on at the beginning of June. So I was thinking of like doing the photo shoot just before I go away. And I was like, hmm, 
I was like, no, no, no. I was like, well, we've got enough time to be like, let's do the photo shoot mid-May. And then we've got a few weeks to kind of get you out of this diet mindset and, and kind of get you in a better psychological headspace so that when you go away, you're not suddenly like, oh my God, there's all this food that I've just deprived myself of. And now all I want to do is smash this. So it's um, it kind of gives you a bit of um, breathing space to kind of work if you know if the diet involves you having to go quite low with calories or you were prone to having issues around food and stuff like that which Paul can maybe expand on and then the other one would be you know going out with guidelines so the other one was I had a client who you know was she's in the middle of a bit of a dieting phase at the moment and um and wasn't keen to be like I don't want to be left with nothing but I also am not going to be able to track very effectively so I was like cool well here's some hand measurement things that we can use so I basically adapted her her plan and said okay you know now when you go for every meal you're going to be aiming for like one and a half palm size servings of protein you know and and it was that fisting chickens to check the measurement it was weird uh you know so it was like aiming and this is straight from precision nutrition um which is useful and and people can be like oh that's not very accurate it's like well it isn't accurate in the sense of we don't know exactly how much she's eating um, and she might choose to have fatty of you know portions of protein like kind of accounted for that and said if you do have that then obviously adjust the fats that you have um but the you know that those sorts of guidelines and i said okay for every day we're like aiming for roughly six palm size proteins of um, palm size servings of protein and, and then with carbs we had another kind of measurement and then with veggies there was you know we're going by handfuls so she kind of had these things of okay i know what a meal can look like I know I've got these kind of totals and I said to her, if you nail all of that, I said, this isn't a, like a rigid plan, but these are just ideas of when you go out for a meal in the evening, if you can still roughly get it looking like this, that's cool. If the meal looks a, li- looks a bit bigger, you know, then that's fine. Um, you can adjust stuff around it and in terms of the other meals and stuff like that, but it gave her some sort of structure that was, that was you know, it fit in with what she was uh like the situation, not being able to accurately track stuff and weigh stuff and all these sorts of things. Um, so there's those. Sorts. With it, within the current, obviously, trend of the fitness industry, everything's like, oh, you've got to track, you've got to know exactly where you're at. Yeah. That's a good couple of years. And in the early days of the PT, after looking at the precision nutrition stuff, like I didn't have clients track unless there was something not quite going where we expected. But the majority of my clients at that stage went on sort of estimating fish portion ties things where they're on lean protein, large amounts of fibrous vegetables, uh, and like things were estimated. Nothing was was weighed. Mm-hmm. And things like my fitness power weren't as easy accessible and available and usable and stuff. So when you did track, it was just that little bit more tedious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like I didn't get results. Yeah. Still a result, so. those things isn't it where you go like ah, i do you remember when before my fitness pal existed everyone was obese and no one was in shape mm. like oh wait no that was never the case mm. like people have been getting in shape for ages way yeah. before we had apps to do that stuff and you know way before we tracked our steps yeah exactly and so there's nothing necessarily wrong with tracking i use it with the majority of clients when they're kind of dieting but if we think that it's special or that if we can't use it everything's going to go to hell in a handbasket it's just not. And often, if we've never experienced that, we tend to freak out about it and fear it a little bit because, well, on one level, why should you have confidence in something you've never done successfully? You kind of probably shouldn't. Like Confidence comes from repeated success. And so, but if we never give ourselves the opportunity to experience some success without that tool, we can often find ourselves feeling super reliant on it. And then holidays can feel scarier than, you know, if me and Jimbo and Luke also went away, we sort of trust ourselves to be like, I don't need my fitness pal to stay in shape during this particular thing. Nothing terrible is going to happen to me. But if that's never been you, well, you say we that we've never been away together. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, we're, we're playing a new thing. We're going to have a muscle mentors camp in Barbados. It's going to be a, it's a new thing. I don't know how you boys feel about this, but I reckon we can sell this. Um. <laughs> Dan, who I was on this podcast, he was saying we should do level two in the Maldives. Instead I like of, what he's thinking. Instead of going back to Birmingham, he's, he didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, do, people do say that the Maldives is the Birmingham of the UK. Uh... <laughs> the, wait, is it the, what you mean of the Pacific? Wait, where, where is Maldives in the Pacific Ocean? Uh, Indian Ocean. Indian Ocean, yeah. 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 But, I mean, Birmingham is, is, is shit. Let's face that. It, like, it's, <laughs> if, if we're, considering we're talking about holidays and how to stay on track on holidays, 
if you ever holidayed in Birmingham, there is no way to stay on track because it is so shit. You'll want to kill yourself. And the only way to console yourself is food and booze. Um, so, you know, every tip we've got doesn't really apply to Birmingham because it is hell on earth. It's not that bad. Uh, it's, it's not, a, it's burning up shit. But it just is a bit of shit. Let's face facts. The gym we get to use is great. And oh, yeah. the middle of the country, it's useful. But you know, when you go to a place, you like, the basement, it's underground. So we don't, yeah, actually, exactly. It's a really nice kit out place. We're great. But the city itself, it's rare you go somewhere you're like, this place has no redeeming features. You say so that. I feel like, like you say that. The, um, that I was on this podcast with Dad and I said, I had this, this kind of, false view of Birmingham for ages because where we originally were staying we were up by the canals and the mailbox and I was like it's right there's canals oh you're in the yeah the one nice bit yeah so and then I was like I kind of get it I like I might not live here but I don't think it's that bad and then like the last few times we've been we've obviously been more into the the depths and I was like yeah coming down here we're gonna have a great time down by this canal <laughs> even the accent's shite like there's no good I saw the thing. watching uh we're watching peaky blinds at the moment and i'm like really <laughs> <laughs> people not how you, people put up with this accent you could be the hottest person on earth and then, <laughs> that comes out your mouth you're like you're immediate my erection has immediately left <laughs> but there has never been an erect Birmingham dick pic sent because the cock won't stay hard just at the sound of nearby us. It just immediately becomes flaccid. Viagra, I'm told, doesn't work in Birmingham. That's uh, that's just science. <laughs> sure, it's not just like the, the, the highest, um, you know, sold and most, most volumes in Birmingham because of the fact that. <laughs> yeah, just, I'm just told it doesn't work. Uh, you know, it just can't. <laughs> oh god, amazing! How do we get onto that? I don't know. Where were we with holidays? Where did that come from? We're talking about Bar- Barbados, Maldives, Muscle Mentors Camp. Us being away. Oh, my fitness pal and tracking. Yeah, yeah that was it. That was uh, it. Whether or not you needed to do it, and using precision nutrition and just other methods. Yeah. If you haven't done these things, it can be a good idea to practice some of these little skills. And this is where the boys are talking for some clients. It's not always the greatest idea to put a holiday right at the back end because they don't trust these skills and they have maybe some red flags that you're a bit like, mm. okay, an all you can eat, <laughs> all inclusive kind of thing at this point might be super triggering and difficult for you. And that sense of loss of control and inability to stop. And then the fear that comes on as a consequence of that uh, for future episodes might be a bit too risky. Whereas, you know, I, I, I went to Hawaii like six days after I finished a competition and was fine. But, you know, that's me. And I've, I've got a bit more experience with those kind of things. And, and that was fine. Um, whereas for someone else, that might really freak us out. So we do have to take a bit of an individualized one and go, well, you know, you a little bit, hopefully. Uh, does it seem like a sensible one? Are there things you're if you're super worried about the end of a prep? Maybe it's not the right thing. If, however, you, you've gone through it before, you're the kind of person who doesn't feel like they have any issues related to this stuff, you're fine with weight gain, then you're probably okay to stick that on the uh, on the back end of those bits and pieces. Yeah, I mean, and, and doing, you know, so like you say, little bits where you can try it out. Like I have a client right, who, yeah. who said, um, you know, recently she was like, oh, I'm kind of wanting to move away from tracking. I was like, cool. I was like, let's, let's give it a go. And it, you know, it's involved so far. She's now tracking out of four meals a day. She's now tracking two, and the other two were like, you know what these should look like or could look like in terms of like based on how you've been eating previously and all this stuff. And we're just not going to weigh it now. And she yeah. was like, initially she was like, oh, that's weird. I was like, it's the same thing. I was like, you know, you're just going to not weigh it. You're going to track it. You're going to know roughly when I put this much protein in my on my plate. That's pretty much what I was having before. Cool. And I, I use this analogy of. You know, when people go to a restaurant, initially they might, you know, if it's a local restaurant they go to a lot, they might go there for the first time and pay real close attention to the how much they're spending. And they're like, okay, like, you know, I've, 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 and then when the bill comes, they'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah, well, you know, I can afford this, that's all good. But then the next time they go and maybe the 10th time they go, they're like, they'll order the similar stuff and they don't pay as much attention to the bill. because they're like, yeah, I know, like roughly this has cost me 60 quid, I can afford it, you know, it's all good not running my uh my funds dry and it's a similar thing like once you've done it a few times you're like actually i know what's in this i know what it's going to cost me or you just get go to the restaurant and get caught out and get cocky and think yeah i can afford this and, you, <laughs> and you get the bill and you're like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> you say that the other day we went into a shop pool and brought something 
Oh, I bought, <laughs> yeah, when I was in Dubai, I bought some shorts, some swimming shorts from, uh, from a company called All of Our Brown, which are super nice, but they were 180 pounds for the one pair of swimming shorts. Didn't you get talked um, into it by the guy or something? Yeah, basically, right? Because the, the, the price wasn't anything. And I used to own these shorts and, uh, and a similar pair of T-shirt. Because when they were a smaller company, I did a little bit of work for them and I got these, this shit for free amongst some other things. I was like, these are great, really liked them. And then who knows where I lost them. I was always meaning to be like, oh, I'd love to get another pair of these. So there's one of their stores in Dubai. I was like, ah, cool. Right, you kind of go in and you're like, all right, there's no, I can't see exactly what the price is. I mean, okay, these are fine. And then I'm looking through the size and like, I need a 32 here. There was a 34 and, uh, and like a 31 or something. And uh, the, this guy comes up and is like, can I help? Uh, and I was like, I don't suppose you have a 32 at all. He digs around and like, oh, we've got, then he pulled out like a 33 and a kind of 34. And then he disappeared off to the changing room and like hung them up. It was the kind of place that goes and sets everything out for you. They may as well have brought champagne along for the kind of right. He's like, they're in the changing room when you're ready. So I'm like, okay, thanks. In I trot, I pop these on. I'm like, oh shit. Like it was like 880 dirham, something like that. It was about like, I was 180 something quid for this pair of shorts. And uh, I was like, oh shit, okay. I don't know if I want to spend 180 quid. Thankfully though, he'd only put a 33 um, and a 34 or something like that in there. And I was like, I can get out of this by just being like, if only you had the 32, this would have worked for me. So I come out with these things and he's like, how were they? I was like, it's a shame you don't have the 32. He's like, oh, wait there, I can bring you the 32. So then he brought me the 32 and I couldn't then be like, when I said it was a shame you didn't have the 32, what I really meant is I don't want to pay for these. But <laughs> it's like, he said, I was like, I don't want them. I'm like, I guess I'm buying these shorts then. So yeah. He just uh, kept going, but did I say 32? Sorry, I meant 20. I, yeah, he'd have found every size. And at some point, <laughs> then I'd have, built, I'd have paid 180 quid for a size 27 or something. Yeah. And I, well, I can't even fit in these, so this is stupid. I mean, um, that's when you just play the card. Did I say 27? I meant fuck off. I don't want to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I, well, I guess I'm buying these shorts then. No, I, I don't really, I'm actually quite happy. I've got them. They're a really nice pair, so that's fine. But. How do we get onto that? Uh, that's that is, oh, that was paying. Luke's stuff. analogy of when every time you go to a restaurant, you're like, "Yeah, I know the portion yeah. size." Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, don't get talked into paying. You know, if, you know, paying for something you can't afford. Um, if if your coach says try this thing and it's well out of way more calories than what you should be eating, then probably. Like, ah, I guess I'm buying these shorts. Then. <laughs> But yeah, that, that, that did make me laugh. I was like, <laughs> I've been peer pressured into buying these. This is how I felt at the moment. I was like, well, I'm too proud to say no at this point. Let's, uh, let's buy yeah. these. So right. I, I think, okay, there you go. Yeah, I think with the, um, go back to the like tracking and all those kind of things. Like again, you, you should, if you never try using other strategies, you can often develop a fear of what will happen if you just, if I stop tracking, People aren't afraid of stopping tracking. They're afraid of getting fat. That's really what they're afraid of. And they think that if they stop tracking and they can't weigh everything, that they're going to somehow turn into like some kind of balloon heifer human. Uh, like, because, ah, shit, I, you know, I, I didn't actually weigh that portion of rice. I just eyeballed it. And it was, it could have been slightly off. It's a portion of rice, even if it was slightly off. How many calories do you think are in that extra little bit of rice you just missed? Yeah. Like 3,000? It's not super dense calorie rice. I mean, yeah, but that's the thing. You can draw the analogy again to finances and be like, okay, if someone was like living a life in a certain way and they were spending on the same things and bills and stuff, if they suddenly stop, um, you know, looking at the bills and receipts and all this stuff all the time and they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to keep the behaviors there, but I'm not going to pay so much attention to the intricate numbers. Are they going to suddenly get poor? Like probably not. They're not going to suddenly start burning through all their money if they keep the behavior the same. So it's like, oh, yeah, it's the same thing. Like I keep spending and all that stuff the same. I'm not going to suddenly start buying things but I can't afford. Unless you go through that process and experience the fact that nothing bad happens, you will keep fearing that situation. The only way you overcome a phobia, a fear of these things, is exposure to it, and then the realization that when you've been exposed to it, the terrible thing you were worried could happen didn't happen and then you start to trust that situation and so jumping straight into the holiday mode if you don't have any trust in any of those things and any experience can be really overwhelming and then the downside is if you fail at the strategy you thought might have been a good idea is you decrease confidence in yourself you increase the fear of that situation again in the future so being sensible with 
how we do these, how we build these skills and whether they're appropriate for the person as they move and go on to a holiday. Because, I mean, what's the alternative? What do you want to never have a holiday that's not tracked ever? <laughs> so, like, that sounds like the worst life I've ever heard of. Try doing that in New York. Good luck with that. <laughs> exactly. And so it's just building skills, really, and then transferring them into holiday mode. It's not too different. And and then the skill building is important. So, like, you know, if someone was going to use hand measurements, you know, which is a, a really easy way of doing it. Like, I don't know if I mentioned it already or whether I said it before we start recording. It's it's ultimately the same thing, you know, bodybuilders used to do in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and some still do, where they're just like, <laughs> oh, I have 10 ounces of chicken and three cups of rice at this meal. And you're like, tell me how many carbs and fats are in that. And they're like, oh, okay. yeah. what size are their mugs? What size yeah, are There's yeah, always the thing yeah. that annoyed me with cups. I was like, oh, no, no. there is actually those cup measurements. Yeah. But they, but they have, you know, they'll be like, if you said to them, all right, so how many macros and calories is that? And they'll be like, fuck knows. I just have the same amount. And if I'm not losing weight, I'll take away some cups of rice. And if I'm not, you know, if I'm not gaining enough, I'll add some cups of rice, whatever they need to do, or they'll add some ounces of protein. They don't know what's in it. It's just a consistent measurement thing, which is where the hand measurement stuff comes in. But you'd, you know, when you're taking that on holiday and into restaurants and all these sorts of things, it pays to have some knowledge around nutrition and being like, okay, if I have a palm-sized protein of lamb, there's probably going to be more fat in that than a palm-sized protein of chicken. You know, so you know, if I do that, then that little thumb-sized serving of fat I might have might be a little bit different or something. You know, the, the thing you're banking for there. So there pays, and that's where Paul's saying like you know there might be a period of time where you've trapped and you've got this knowledge and then you're like okay i'm going to keep that knowledge and i'm just gonna change how i'm measuring stuff and actually as long as the behaviors look the same probably okay. i was i was reminded i can't remember there's an old mongol khan could have been Ogadai or someone like that who um <laughs> was told because he was starting to get like gout it's back in like the late 1200s that he needed to cut down on his alcohol consumption and so it should be now one cup per day so his solution to this was to get a giant fuck off cup and he genuinely drank but it was just a comically large cup of white that was his solution to this to this particular issue whenever i hear anyone think like oh we're measuring in cups i always think of this dude would just be like "Ah, i can work around this (laughs) but that would be the thing like you know if i say well have a have a handful of uh handful of rice in this yeah, one of those comedy oh. fingers <laughs> yeah, well, like, well you didn't say my hands i've gone off shaquille o'neal's hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'll be like good work around i'm impressed with your ingenuity yeah exactly yeah. Right, so what about what about training strategies let's bring it on um i was gonna say one final point to add on the nutrition front if you manage to get food poisoning at any point then you probably got (laughs) so (laughs) this is a good point so so this really does lead us on to a lovely story of luke's that he will will regale you with now (laughs) (laughs) to be fair i have an annoyingly bad track record for like getting ill on holidays um like james has left because he knows how grim this is <laughs> <laughs> um but no i was gonna say that like, if you do you know happen to have food poisoning and essentially get involuntary bulimia then um then you're... <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding um but um no so that was it what we we're in nepal i think we were we were coming back from nepal and um and this is this is probably the most embarrassing throwing up. I mean, there was one where I was sick in Africa as we were driving along and then in Malawi and we had to pull over and I threw up next to this African village. And as I was violently, violently being sick, all the kids came up and started saying, trying to say hello and wave at me. There was us. just looked like a massive colonial racist at that point, just throwing up. I was quite young. The village of kids was, was just horrific. I was quite young. But uh, that, was, uh, that was probably an interesting uh, like interlude to their day. But no, in Nepal... <laughs> We um we were literally did the whole holiday and I I even thought at one point I was like how have I how have I not got ill here um like, <laughs> this, this is pretty good and then literally like a couple of hours before we were well no yeah it's probably a few hours before we were due to get the flight back in um in Kathmandu the we, we there was some of the my it was we'd gone because my dad was on this like cycling holiday thing and there was a group on there and they were like guys we had this amazing burger. And you guys need to go and check it out. And we were like, oh, actually, yeah, we need to go and eat. And the whole holiday, we'd been avoiding, like, 
anything that was washed under a tap which was the given thing and in this burger they had a load of lettuce and stuff and that was what we kind of traced it back to um and um and anyway and then sure enough got some uh, got some lovely food poisoning which hit me on the flight the first leg which was a very small plane um and um uh, consequently there was only one toilet and I like had to be moved close to this toilet. So luckily I got basically got a free upgrade to business class, which is all right. Um and um the one positive of this story, is it? Oh, the time you can enjoy it, really. Oh, it's terrible. It's it's really laid back. It was that it was that type of sickness though, when you you're like you you throw up and then you feel like oh, I think I'm better. You know, and then like 40 minutes later or you know, 30, 40 minutes later, it would be like, oh no, there it is again. Um and um yeah, and then so anyway. I like try like dozed off a bit, and then I was like, "No, it's gonna happen again." Went to be sick. Someone was in the toilet, and the air hostess who had been helping me out kind of got up and was like, "Realized what was happening," and we both just looked at each other, and I was like, and then just threw up all over her. It was phenomenal. <laughs> uh, she took That's how Luke lost his virginity, actually, as well. Like, just after that, she was turns out she was a freak. She yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> she took it like a champ she um she uh like, immediately i was obviously like i'm so sorry <laughs> she was like oh, have, you, have either of you ever had someone be sick over you no it must be the worst thing it's a, a no, been sick over that. me and that's the worst thing a kid being let alone a full-grown, a full-grown adult, adult. yeah being, like props to that it must have been unpleasant um but no that was um that was can you hear my door by the way no. All right, midnight scratching at my door. I, I don't know whether I should let her in. Is that a euphemism? Sounds like you're about to shit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> midnight scratching at the door, guys. <laughs> I, um, I, I actually said that on a call to was speaking to Gigi, yeah, and he and I was like, oh, midnight's at the door, and he was like, sorry, what? Is that a, he was like, is that a stripper's name? I was like, oh, <laughs> that's my cat. I'm going to let her in. She's annoying. I once uh, got food poisoning when I was in the Sistine Chapel, and just about managed to get out of the Sistine Chapel with all the nuns who were in there under that beautiful Michelangelo fresco up above. <laughs> Everyone's looking up at the fa- ceiling. I'm basically staring at my knees. Like, <sighs> I thought I had a hangover from the night before. Me and my friend got hammered in Rome and we were kind of going around. I was just getting worse. I was like, this hangover is kicking my ass. And about two minutes after leaving the Sistine Chapel, just started projectile vomiting and shitting myself like you wouldn't believe. It was the worst food poisoning I've ever had. Yeah. My friend also then abandoned me in Rome. Like he had an earlier flight back than me. So he's pissing off. Oh, this is even better. Actually, I've forgotten this part of the story. Me and him are sharing a room. He has hooked up with a girl the night before, right? Randomly. Don't know who she is. He doesn't know who she is. He was single at the time. It's totally fine. Shout out, Chris. And uh, <laughs> he then meets up with this girl the next day. She comes back to the hotel room. I'm busy throwing up and shitting myself while they're just fucking nearby, right? I'm like lying in this in this toilet, like just hanging around it. And then basically gets laid and then leaves at like two in the morning to go get his flight while I'm still hugging this toilet and just... just Absolutely. Have, yeah, have, have you spoken to him since? Sadly, yes. Uh, <laughs> he's still a good friend, but just, just an arsehole. Just no, couldn't have cared less. He was like, "Oh, sorry, you're dying. Let me. I'm just my dick's wet, so I don't care." And then uh, I'm getting on this plane. Good luck with Rome. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Good times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, illnesses when on holiday is not. It's not a deal. Let's be honest. Not you. No. You. But no, an interesting solution uh, to certain nutrition situations. Um, mm. So there's always that option. <laughs> <laughs> you overeat. Prey on food poisoning. Um, <laughs> just start licking random things see what happens any funny in, instances where people have thrown up on people in the gym whilst on holiday no oh, I don't think I've ever seen anything that funny on a, in training on holiday <laughs> I mean training on holiday for me personally my approach to training is usually to not do it <laughs> um, right. it depends largely on where we're going but my and, and obviously that's just me personally, like if clients are going away and they're like, I really want to train and obviously it's figuring stuff out. But the um, I my approach personally is to almost give them guidelines again and, and be like, OK, well, I'm not going to write you a plan for a week holiday in some random gym in yeah. Europe or whatever it is. But you're going to go in and, and, you know, 
this is the sort of thing I do, make it up or lower. You know, these are what exercises look like. Treat this as a bit of a deload potentially. So we're not going to try and trash you, you know, do what you need to do. Um, I mean, that, that there'll be some people that obviously go away and, and if they don't have a gym, they probably will be like, oh, it's rubbish because because I can't train. I also now can't enjoy nice food because I need, <laughs> I need to earn the nice food because I have to do exercise to do that, which is when you kind of come back to the nutrition stuff and read. You know, if I took a week off, obviously hell would happen. Like I'd, <laughs> I'd never be back in shape ever again in my entire life. But there's a lot of people that have we, that. We, we joke about that. Oh, people definitely I'm thinking. not joking. I'm, I'm not in that mindset for yeah, 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 I'm not joking. It's oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Up until at least, yeah, late later 20s. Yeah. Or, yeah, more than 10 years, really. And it's like, you know, I, yeah, I was for ages as well. Like, if we went to our, the village we go to in France, there'll be certain places we'll go to eat. And they'll be like, okay, I'll make sure that I go and smash legs because we're going to go and have some of the fuckload of pancakes in this place. And you're like, okay, like, do you need to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that. That's more than fair. I think, you know, it wasn't, for, for me, it wasn't so much of, oh, I've got to smash a training session to warrant being able to eat. It was more just the fact I didn't want to go more than seven days without training. Oh, yeah, well, that's different. Because there'll be, there are a lot of people that will be like, they need the training component to justify the eating component. I think, again, a lot of this comes back to, well, how often are you away on holiday and how long are you away for? If you're away for a long weekend and you want, let's say, a city break, they tend to involve quite a lot of wandering around. But you're still pretty active. Don't train. It's four days. I don't care. You're probably fine. If you're away, you know, every month for a trip, that might be start to be a little bit different. Or if you're away, this is your one one week holiday or two week holiday for the year and you train all the rest of the year. You could treat the whole two weeks as a deload if you wanted. Like there's definitely there's no right or wrong answer for this for for most clients. I mean, for me, when I'm away these days and I've you know, falling into quite a nice rhythm and routine of what I like doing on holidays. I tend to train like every other day. I'll go and do like a bit of a whole body session, literally a couple of sets on something, whatever happens to be there, have a little play. I'm not that interested in it being overly difficult. It's just a little bit of a stimulus. I like to walk around and explore places or I'll hire a bike and try and keep just active as I'm doing stuff as well. And then combine that with the eating stuff. I'm like, it tends to work. I feel pretty good. I don't feel beat up from it. Keeps me feeling like I'm engaged in everything. Like that works well for me the vast majority of the time. But that is still stuff, as, as Luke was saying, you, you get to have a little kind of play. Like, you know, I remember a longer trip I did. I did three weeks around Singapore and then the Philippines. And now Singapore has plenty of gyms. Mm. Most of the Philippines islands, not so much. So knowing that, like, well, I threw a TRX in my bag and like proceeded to have some quite funny workouts on random islands where there was almost no one there. There'd be like one village and like a couple of the kids would come up and they'd be like, who is this weird white man who has slung a TRX round a tree? What is a TRX, first of all? And then obviously they don't really speak English and I don't speak Filipino. So we're trying to do have this, but they want to get involved and they want to kind of play. So you're having this little workout with a couple of like teenage kids on a desert island, effectively, with a TRX strapped around like a coconut tree and just doing some rows and some jackknives and whatever else you're doing. And you're like, that made for quite a, a nice thing for those workouts when I didn't have much actually turned to like vaguely crossfit things where I was doing like, all right, we'll just do some push-ups and some air squats and some pull-ups on a tree and the TRX. I was like, this is fine. You atrophy as well. You lost about 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, at the moment I actually even did any of them and I called them CrossFit. I immediately shrank. It was weird. Um, but like that was, that was fine. I just wanted to keep some activity going and keep that kind of habit up a little bit. Felt like, okay, I burnt a few more calories I gave it some stimulation. Sweet. Mm. Like that was that was quite nice. So you can either plan ahead by looking for hotels with gyms, or you could take a bit of kit with you and do stuff like we used to have to do during lockdown and home workout and shit. There's there's always something that you'll be able to do if you want to find going. That there's the, the an approach that I take is as we say similar to nutrition. Like if I if I choose to train while I'm away, I go in and I'm like, I'm gonna do an upper session. I know what exercises are available i know what i'm capable of doing i know how much i want to do and i'm going to construct something based on what i know about training some people might run into issues there if you're the type of person who you know is always dependent on and this is maybe shooting coaches in the foot um especially us you know if, if you're someone who's like i can't do my own training i need someone to tell me what to do in the same way 
I can only eat off a meal plan without that, you know, without that crutch, I'm fucked. You know, you're probably the type of person who might run into an issue and you're like, there's an all-inclusive gym uh, or an all-inclusive, an all-inclusive gym, gym. <laughs> an all-inclusive buffet. Oh, fuck. But if it's like you go into a gym, you're like, I have no experience making my own sessions. I'm kind of stuck. I don't really know what to do. And it creates a lot of stress. You might have some issues. So having a practice every now and then, like my training, you know, I've I've limited with kit. Like I've got some fairly good kit, but my sessions are largely constructed on the day. Now I know the movements and I have rough orders and certain sessions have become normal in terms of when I go in and I'll be like, okay, I have this back session that I've kind of put together over the last few months. And that's what I'm currently running with, but I'll reorder stuff quite frequently based on progress and how I'm feeling and all these sorts of things. And it's like being in tune with how I'm feeling and, and, and all those sorts of things is, is useful. And that can be useful to then carry into holiday when you go and you be like, although I, you know, I'm going to go and train back today. You might get to the gym. You're like, actually, I, you know, I'm on a holiday. I don't really want to do much back today. I might do something else. And what that session is going to look a little bit like this. And I'm going to have some fun with it. And it takes the stress off, you know, treating it as a bit more of a holiday. And I think there'll be a lot of people that carry a lot of stress into that training component of their holiday. If they go and they're like, oh my God, like it's got to be perfect. It's, and and there, there will be some exceptions to this if you choose to go to Venice Beach on holiday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but, but um, I, I think we come back to that keyword it is a holiday yeah it's it, you, you know for the most part that means it isn't work like you're not there to keep your same routine no mm-hmm. one goes on holiday to live the exact same life they live back in barnsley that's <laughs> not the point <laughs> you know, you're going to do something else that, that, to be fair though those are the there's some re- i think there'll be a lot of people that have those realizations where they spend a load of years going on holidays and they're trying to keep to the same routine but i get up and i do cardio this time and i have my morning routine and then i do my meditation and i go on a walk and i go to the gym and i have meal one and then you think you're like there'll be some situation maybe where they're forced to move away from that like oh my god it's i didn't die it's actually (laughs) quite it's quite liberating if it's all my games immediately (laughs) yeah and then they're like all right and it's like when you're saying earlier like sometimes you have to expose yourself to it and sometimes you have no choice to be exposed to it and you're like oh my god actually it didn't kill me um and it's yeah so it's i think yeah like you say holiday i my bias in in situations on holiday and it's a bias that i try whether it's right or wrong to almost push onto clients in a way and not a way of like you have to do this but i'll intentionally not give them too much structure while they're away like go and enjoy it and and if they're like i'm struggling i'll be like well here's some guidelines but you know try and you know have a break from this stuff um because it's good even though training and stuff can be very healthy you can still train it just might look different well we can start with a simple enough question is like what are you going on holiday for what do you want out of your holiday hmm. do you, you are you going on holiday to continue your normal workout regime and the thing you want to take from it is i worked out perfectly and i ate 100 percent on point is that is, and that if that's what you want to do and that is what you want to do that that can be fine but most of the time we're going on holiday because I want to chill out, refresh, recharge, see something cool, maybe eat some different cuisine or see a different part of the world, see a new culture, whatever those things are. Like when I go on holiday, I'm not initially first thinking training and nutrition. I'm thinking, oh, it'd be a cool place to go and see like next year at some point. I was supposed to do a, a Kilimanjaro trip this year, right? And a safari on the end. And that's going to happen. But when I booked that, I booked it because I was like, I've never hiked a giant mountain and I've not been on safari and I'd like to do those things. I wasn't at the same time being like, hmm, Kilimanjaro isn't known for its gyms. Like, no, I wanted this life experience and I I wanted to go see some lions and giraffes and shit in the wild. I'm like, okay, well, that's going to be away for three weeks. Probably no gyms. I'll probably sling a TRX in a bag. I'm going to be walking a lot and moving a lot and those kind of things. I might lose a bit of muscle while I'm away. So I have the memory of seeing fucking lions and hippos and hiking up Kilimanjaro. I can always do some more bicep curls when I get back. It's not that big a thing. Like some of these things are going to be hopefully lifelong memories and experiences and the shit that, you know, you did with your friends or your family and stuff that hopefully really matters to you and adds something to your life. That's the point. So try and... I'm never going to forget throwing up on that air hostess. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But you've got to conceptualize, I think, that first. Like, what was the point of the holiday again? Oh, it was for these experiences first. 
Okay, that doesn't mean we have to throw training and nutrition completely out the window and not think about it at all. But, you know, if we're putting it as still our number one priority on a holiday, well, then what was the point in the holiday? I think what we really need to do is before you go on holiday, inject some trend into your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll be fine. <laughs> And you'll hold it and you can go three weeks and you'll be fine. And you'll just be, and you're like, really, I'm getting jacked on this holiday. It's great. Is that even, even if you're natty? I mean, that's the thing. It'll be out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, why are you going to Turkey again? No reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all those extra bags you seem to be carrying back through. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. That's a yeah. phenomenal advice there. Phenomenal advice. Um, <laughs> if in doubt, more gear. And uh, apparently that's mine. I say this but with all my experience with gear. <laughs> I enjoy jumping in on the joke, though. Yeah, as you should. Um, well, you joke about going to Turkey, but that's one reason why I did go to Turkey. Many years. <laughs> Wait, that's the reason I picked Turkey was because of your story. That you, I don't know whether you want to tell on the podcast or not. But, uh, but was that? Yeah. I'll, I'll happily expand on it now. Tell, story. Tell, us, tell us the Turkey story. Went to Turkey for a long weekend to, to have a nice little break. Um, and if anyone's not aware, you can just go into a pharmacy and choose what you want out there, sort of testosterone-wise, <laughs> trembolone, whatever it may be. It's basically like they have like it's like a pick a mix stand, and you just yeah. go in and you get a scoop and you just <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird that there's like test on a shelf next to some condoms and some spot cream, and just like <laughs> this is a strange place. Like you walk into the pharmacy. And anyone that's probably half jacked, well, I'd like to think I was half jacked then, straight away a guy comes over to you with a little brochure. <laughs> <laughs> what would Sir like? Yes. <laughs> and then when you see like box of T3 for one pound, I'm like, I was paying like 20 pounds for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so brought a fair few things. Um, and then happened to get back to the airport. And my, my wife uh, thought of me, she was like, oh, he, he hates hanging around at the airport. Let me get priority boarding or priority bagging or whatever. So we got off the plane and our bags are there waiting for us. Um, so then we go straight through and first people going through coming out and like, oh, they go and randomly just check their bags. Like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to play the innocent one and luckily they didn't think that I had that much in there, but there was quite a bit in there. So <laughs> it was all for personal use. I can guarantee that at that time. <laughs> Um, but it all got confiscated on so it's the most expensive holiday or most expensive four days <laughs> how much life. did you lose how much did you bought or spent on uh, two, 2k Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> is such yeah. a devastating moment I, I reckon 100% you know the worst the worst thing about it it just goes straight in the bin well, you say that. I reckon the guy who did it. Were you imagining it. some guy who took it off? He just starts jabbing himself. Well, that's what I reckon. The guy was probably he lifted, and he was like, "That's that's useful." He was like, we'll have to he probably did like the that. same thing that the pharmacist did in Turkey. He was like, "This guy's fairly jacked. I'm going to bank on this." He's come back from Turkey. It's a good shout. I literally was like, "Yeah, I'll take that," and then put it in the bin. And as soon as he rounded the corner, he was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> "Take that back out." <laughs> did uh, did yes, Cal told you his story from? I think it was Poland where they were going through it. He has a bag just fucking full of everyone's shit. And uh, they stop. Open the bag, please, sir. <laughs> Gets taken out to this kind of thing. And, like, they open it. Opens it. There's everything there. Just in front of them, in the bag. And they're like, seems okay, sir. On your way. <laughs> just kind of carry it. <laughs> like, what? It's like, you said, it was just, like, his asshole just clenched up, just fucking sweating. And I was like, seriously? And <laughs> just got to tear up. Apparently, Poland don't give a fuck. That's amazing. Coming from airport, do give a fuck. <laughs> this is your mistake, mate. You needed to fly from Turkey to Poland. If you had flown anywhere but Birmingham, you'd have I would have been fine. Yes, <laughs> absolutely fine. Again, see, it's a shit place. <laughs> we can get full circle. <laughs> really hates it. Oh god, oh, amazing. All right, um, but no, I mean, like wrapping up there, then, like essentially, there's tons of strategies you can have while you're away for both training and nutrition. And all of them probably require you to practice some stuff beforehand. In terms of personal preference and enjoyment and yeah. your yeah. sort of values and why what reasons yeah. essentially you're going on holiday for. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. And, and and if you are like all oh, that non that like hand measurement thing sounds good, or the not tracking thing sounds pretty good, 
I'm not like I'm not I say not measuring because you might still be tracking somewhat by you know in, in that sense I don't know but um you know, you're still going to be aware of how much you're eating but you might not be measuring stuff accurately um if that sounds useful but you've never done it then then try it try it out and if you're co- if you're currently coached by someone be like can we try this and see how we get on and if you enjoy it like personally i haven't actually tracked and weighed food or used my fitness power in probably since like at least six months now and mm-hmm. it's um you know i'm still maintaining i'm probably like the leanest i've been and, and maintaining it very easily and um and because i only ever see your head so you can say <laughs> but the um but yeah and there's still like you know times I'd, I'd say i'm still probably growing in some respects like you know building muscle fairly easily and just emotionally and mentally more than anything exactly um, <laughs> all, it's all in my head no but um but no and it, like it is possible and it's um and it's but, but the behaviors haven't changed although yeah you know, if i was to start weighing and stuff you know weighing tracking stuff again i'd probably be like oh actually i'm pretty much still doing what i was doing i'm just not putting that time aside in the day to stick stuff on a scale and put it on my fitness pal um that's what that's what it gives you but yeah any final bits to add then i don't think so i think we covered most stuff there so paul if you guys have, have any ridiculous holiday stories of your own though yeah do send them in i enjoy the lot yeah i feel like there'll be equal like ones of like people being sick and stuff like that yeah. Please, we will happily share in. these stories please, please send them in not the dick pics Paul was asking for at the start <laughs> Luke still would like a dick pic or two he said he's never received one absolutely so. please don't please don't damn it Paul oh god <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be some twisted person listening to this right now being like I'm willing to do it <laughs> it's going to be you from a fake account <laughs> well it's in a mirror I can literally see the rest of you it's not just a dick <laughs> I can see your Meccano in the background. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, people. Thank you for listening. And thank you guys.